Kreusor. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. This week we head to Miskin Manor Cricket Club, a beautiful little ground just off the M4. We speak to long-standing members Keith Davis and Gwilym Ballinger. After them, you'll hear Val Whiteley, a very proud recipient of the Club Person of the Year Award. And current vice chair at the club. There is some background noise on the recording as we made it on a Friday evening when all the juniors come down to the club to play. I make no apologies for it this time because it's lovely to hear so many people coming to a cricket club and enjoying their cricket. Hope you enjoy the listen. Yeah, well, my name's Gwilym Ballinger. Um, I suppose I first uh, played a little bit of cricket out here. It was probably about 1950 as, as a five-year-old. Uh, my father, um, who was still alive, was now 101. Uh, he was a player here. Um, and I came down and played around in the outfield. And from that point on, basically, um, until I was 23, I was associated with this club. I think I first started playing senior cricket at the age of probably about 15. Probably got my first first team game when I was about 16. I was a left-handed bat and a right-handed bowler. Not a particularly good right-handed bowler, but um, my strength was batting and uh, eventually ended up as a a regular opening batsman here. Cutter and a puller? Uh, Very much so, yeah. Not a driver, yeah. Basically, yeah, square cut, quite happy to pull um, and uh, like the the leg glance a bit as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... I suppose as I matured, I could. I, I mean, if the ball was pitched up, I could drive it. But uh, definitely deflections and basically square with the wicket rather than in front of it. Okay, we'll, we'll come back and talk about your senior cricket. Yeah. What are your first memories as a child growing up with cricket? Well, a very interesting one. We came down here to watch a game, and it was actually Glamorgan and um, Will Fuller was the uh, was the captain of Glamorgan that day, and we were out there and. My mother was bowling underhand at me, and I was batting away left-handed. And uh, he was walking around the ground, and he came over and he said, "Ah, I said, uh, it's good to see youngsters playing cricket." And she said, "Yes," she said, "but he's left-handed, and I've been trying very, very much to make him bat right-handed." And Will Fuller said, "Woman," he said to her, "Don't you dare!" He said, "Some of the best batsmen in the world are left-handed. You let him play his natural way." And he was, I mean, you, they called him Wolf Fuller, but he was really gruff. And I, I, I've never forgotten that. And my mother was aghast, uh, but she never tried to make me bat right-handed after that. <laughs> she wasn't the only one to be put in her place by Wolf Fuller, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> and it was uh, Keith Davis, long-standing member, played uh, for the club in the late, started in the late... Uh, 60s, uh, uh, became captain, uh, uh, got involved with the junior cricket, organised that for a number of years, uh, now a life member of the club and continue to support wherever I can. And your, your knowledge of the history of the club, do you take, do you take an interest in that? And yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit of kind of... Well, the ground is uh, built... Um, for the village to play cricket by the Rhys Williams family and Rhys Williams' son Sir Brandon Rhys were 
Williams lived in, in the Marmia and uh, we paid the Peppercorn rent for the use of the field, I think, about 140 years ago. And since then, the um, uh, Sir Brandon's son, Gareth Rhys Williams, uh, is responsible for the ground around here now. And we do pay, have to pay for the lease on the ground, and not a great deal, but uh, if Sir Brandon is still alive, we'd have it for nothing. <laughs> Obviously, cricket was interrupted by both the World Wars here, and I believe there's a bit of a story about the naming of the ground, is that right? When the, the in memory, uh, Grim Park, in memory of Grim and did you uh, ever go and watch first class cricket down in, in Cardiff? Yeah, I did. I uh, I went down uh, quite regularly to watch Glamorgan as, as probably from five, six, seven years old, and particularly in the school holidays. Um, you go down now to the uh, where the rugby stadium is now, and um, you go in there and sit there all day and watch. And remember, I, I remember seeing some. But well, I saw Freddie Truman. Uh, and the funny thing I remember about him was, was as a batsman, and he came in and he just smashed the ball everywhere. Um, a tremendous hit there. I don't actually recall seeing him bowl other than on TV. But yeah, it was regular, quite a regular down there. And um, people like Jim Presby, Peter Walker, uh, was going back a long time. Uh, Alan Watkins is another one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, and those were my. That was sort of my formative years of getting involved and enjoying cricket. Really, uh, I remember that as much as a perhaps uh, before before the age of ten, before I actually started playing on a regular basis. And would you come and watch your dad's play here? Yeah, I don't honestly remember uh, much about him. I know he was a leg spinner, which is a bit unusual, and he had a really safe pair of hands. Um, and luckily, that's gone on through the family because one of the attributes I had as a cricketer, I could take a catch. Uh, both Julian and Ellis seem to follow, so it, it seems to be in the genes. But uh, if they hit it in the air, my dad never dropped it. Uh, he, was, yeah, he was pretty good. Tell me a little bit about the club. Would you know much of its history? I know that it, it, it first started formed in 1882 yeah I, 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 from about 90 I, the first the, the first person that I remember here who had a great influence on the club was a secretary called uh, Trevor Thomas TM Thomas and he he was a wicket keeper and he was well he was one of the people that impressed uh, I've got a lasting impression of as as a, a very uh, friendly uh, but forthright character he loved his cricket, he loved his friendly cricket, he was never too keen on the leagues, um, but he was misking through and through, and um, oh, all the time I was here, when I, from the time I first started, until, when did I come back, in 72, 73, he was still around then, um, so he was, he was the biggest impression that I had um, when I first started playing cricket here, and I mean, they, they were... There were other people around. I can remember uh, people like Bill Anstey, trying to think. Wyndham Clark was a long-time treasurer of the club, but we're we're now talking 
probably 60s, 70s, 80s. So that it, it's it, it, unfortunately with age it merges into one. But those were people that had a um, a part to play in running the committees. Um, and the club itself, the, the it's always been here as far as back as this, you go. This hasn't. This wasn't here until the 70s, and this really started as um, it was a warehouse building down in Cardiff Docks. It was a wooden warehouse building. And I can always remember going down um, with some other club members, bringing the structure back. And there was a builder here who was a long-time uh, cricket member here, Ken Jones, who was a, a member here for a long, long time. And his son Hugh was captain for about 10 years. Um, but uh, Ken actually erected that. And then in more recent years, probably during the time I was away, they put the brick building about it around it. So, um, but this it originated down in the docks. So the old shed has had the bricks kind of added around it. That, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And has it always, as far back as you know, been called Glynn Park? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's linked to the son of Sir Brandon Reese Williams, who obviously, I mean, Miskin Manor back in the day was a, um, a fine house. Uh, the, the owner, I think, was an MP, um, it was, well, Sir Brandon Reese williams and the club, I think, has still got a lease now on it of his son. And is Miskin Manor now the, the hotel? That's, that, that would have been the, the, the manor house? Yeah. And this was that just was the part of the grounds? Yeah, these were part of the grounds, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was much smaller than it is now. You can see how they've expanded it. Uh, it probably only went as far as the, um, the hedges over there, but now they, they're looking, I think, to have two... Uh, two grounds here, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's come back to you. Was there junior cricket that you could play as you were growing up? Not really. No, that's okay. the, that's the big difference. Basically, you you waited uh, until you were fifteen, sixteen, and hoped to break into the second team. If you developed from there, then obviously, you know, the first team. But it, it was a long, hard grind for a youngster. There were there was no junior cricket of. Uh, of any sort, really. I don't even remember. I mean, there were still nets down there, but you came down and you trained, but probably once a week. It's nothing like as, in inverted commas, professional as it is, as it is now. That's the biggest improvement I've seen. Did you ever play at school? Yes, I did, yeah. I, was, uh, I went to Cobridge Grammar School and I played first team, uh, for the first team there um, for a couple of seasons, which I thoroughly enjoyed. That would have been quite competitive cricket oh, yeah. against the oh, other grammar schools? Very much so, yeah. I mean, we played sites like Neath, Bridgend, Penarth. Obviously, used to be played on a Saturday morning. Um, so you'd go, you'd go in at school on a Saturday as well as being there for five days in the week. Um, but I was better at cricket than I was at, than I was at school. <laughs> so when are we talking now, you playing sort of second team and then graduating into first team? 61, 62, would have been 16, 17 then. And then played right the way through until 68, when with my work I went to work in Germany. So that was when uh, I left here. We played sides like Bryn Mawr, Pontland Frith, um, Kevin Forrest, Blackwood, and they were all sides that I played against back in the day. And do you remember individual performances, yours I mean? I got a hundred year, but it was in a. Uh, it was the only one I got here. That was in a midweek game against a touring side, and back in the day when anybody got a hundred, because it, it was most of, 
most unusual in those days for people to get tons um, because of the style of cricket you played um, and everybody that got 100 for Miskin at that time was given a bat by the club uh, which was a ni- nice tradition. And what about um, I- I players you played with or, or, or played against? Other people that um, yeah um, come to mind? Well, go- going back to '68, I can remember there were two guys from Bristol. One of them was very friendly. They were Derek Tallit, Brian Claypool, good cricketers. Nigel Lapham was an opening bowler, but the most impressive and one of the nicest guys I ever met was a guy called Noel Elaine who played here, who was West Indian, he's from Barbados, and he was one of the finest cricketers I've ever seen at any level. I think he may have played for the Morgan Twos at some time, but he was a, a, he was a quick opening bowler, and he could hit the ball hard as well. When Noel hit the ball, it was a long, you were a long time finding it. Um, I, he was really quick, I can always feel him in the slips to him one day, and the guy got an edge. And my hands just didn't get up quick enough, and it just sm- smacked me straight in the breastplate and cracked my breastplate. <laughs> Ball popped up in the air, and somebody else caught it. <laughs> so everybody was celebrating, and that, you were lying on that, the floor, that's right, screaming yeah. in pain. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but they were my own fault, not quick enough. Having said, I had good hands. <laughs> so so um, th- there's a bench, I believe, on the far side of the ground that's in memory of Noel. Is that right? Yeah, it could mm. be. Yeah, yeah. Five, six years ago, I used to come down here occasionally and sit over there with uh, Noel and another guy called Don Herford, who's still alive. So he was another player that I played with back in the day. Don was a big stalwart of this club. Um, and one of the, the big things about this club was every year we went on a tour to Devon and we had the most fabulous times down there. But it was really good, really good camaraderie. In fact, one of the photographs over there was on the Devils when we played at Brixham. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, going back to Noel, he actually played rugby for Ponaclean as well. Ponaclean rugby. So he played cricket and uh, rugby. And if uh, Noel played out in the West Indies with people like Wes Hall, all that, right? And Julius Sides, with all the top, yeah. top players, West Indies uh, came on tour to Pedro Morgan. They all came down to the ground. All the players can know the ground to meet uh, Noah. In school, Noah was a fast bowler, Wes Hall was a wicketkeeper. Your development as a, as a cricketer, Keith, was it always cricket you were interested in, or were there other sports that took your uh, fancy as you were growing up? I uh, played rugby to a much higher standard than cricket, but cricket was always my first love. I preferred uh, for playing cricket to rugby. Okay. Who'd you play rugby for? Davis Rivera, then Meistake, and Peter Newport. How did cricket kind of grab your attention then? Why was it your first love? What did you like about it? I lived 100 yards from a cricket field in the Rivera, so I, I was down there every night for the week in the summer. <laughs> in the summer. Uh, and people there looked after me, and I played for Rivera, and I was you know, 12 years of age. And were you watching cricket or listening to cricket or hearing about, you know, were you listening to the first class cricket and the test matches yeah, and all of that? I was down to Oscar Morgan playing St Helens regularly. And I remember passing my lamp, that's getting his and my father took me down to watch the um, Morgan play. <laughs> and who were the players that were playing then, any Glamorgan players that stick in your mind? Well, Fuller, Fink, 
Hubert uh, Parkhouse, uh, Willie Jones. Left-hander, of course, Willie Jones. Jones. Yeah. 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 Uh, Eva. Norman Eva. Norman Eva, yeah. Norman. yeah. Jim Connor, Don Shepherd, of course. Don Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And what sort of a cricketer were you, Keith? What was your were you batsman, bowler? Batsman. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you needed. And what, you, you came into the team, into the side in the 60s. Would you have played together, the two Not of you? Not in the 60s, it was when I came back in the 70s. Yeah, Trevor Roach, Owen Bynum was the captain when I came in. It must be 1969. Yeah, that was the year after I left. Yeah. And then Trevor Roach was captain. That's right, yeah. And I, I was captain in 1977 and 1978. And Captain C, did you enjoy uh, Captain C? Was oh, that yes. something you... Yeah. Yeah, we could run the village cup on the captain's side. That was great. And um, any characters that are associated with the club when you were playing? Quite a few. Quite a few. (laughs) Well, we've got plenty of time. (laughs) I mean, one of the biggest characters that I can remember, and one that was one of the most difficult to handle, was a captain, was Dave Harwood. He was an absolute, oh, I mean, he was a law unto himself. Um, but um, I'm trying to think of some good characters. But Trevor Roach was a character, wasn't he? Uh, he captained the sun for years and years and years. But a uh, real nice man, good sense of humour, um, and, and a very good captain, I would say, Keith. T.M. Thomas was a character in his own right. But I was saying he was a bit dictatorial about the fact that we... He didn't want to play um, league cricket, um, and in fact, um, if the story is true, he held back our application uh, to go into one of the first leagues that were being formed around here, where sites like perhaps St Fagans and Penarth went in. We didn't, and it really held us back for, I would say, quite a few years, um, and encouraged it encouraged players to go elsewhere rather than to play for Miss players, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was a shame. It was a shame. Yeah. You were asking me about junior cricket when I first played. There was no junior cricket as such. Nothing. You, you, you waited. I mean, basically, as I said, you, you went into a second team. But even in those days, it was a bit stale. Um, perhaps the older players got first choice of, of playing. And as a youngster, you were expected to wait. And thankfully, that's all changed now. Barry Marewis, one of the players, was uh, done started you to get with just one team in the 15 side. And I got involved two years after the start of that. And uh, it really expanded. There were a lot of people in the club that came involved. Gotcha. It's amazing if you actually look outside now. I mean, de- the development has just been, from my point of view, having gone away and come back, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Um, and this has been going on for years, thanks to Keith. I mean, I've heard about it, but effectively, haven't, effectively haven't seen it. I'm just amazed. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's uh, this is just before COVID. A list of all the players who played junior cricket. 
Okay, and we've got four sheets of A4 paper with about 40 names on each sheet. Yes. Close and 200. All played. Um, two, three teams, and 11, and 13, and 15. So it feels. And there was none of this, none of it. Absolutely not. So it feels like a club that's thriving. Is that. That'd be thriving, yes. Okay. The old committee uh, a bit uh, stuck in their views on the game the way it should be played. And the new regime is coming in. New, new chairman, new secretary, new treasurer. And they, they're the ones who transform the club. Okay. I think the other thing they mentioned, of course, is that they've now got ladies' sites. Yeah. Got, uh, lady sides here, so oh. that's an even bigger development. You know, so you've not only got kids through all the age groups, you've got the ladies playing as well. No, and it's not just one team, is it? Um, there's a couple of teams. So, yeah, you see, there'd be some people that would mark the two of you down as very old traditionalists that would like the game to be played as it was, you know, kind of. But clearly, both of you love the fact that there's young youngsters coming and that there's women playing too. Yeah, don't like the current call. <laughs> I'll go with it. I, I've seen it before, so it's. I prefer white, and I, I, I can live with the colour code. I think. I think it's. Um, if you want to attract youngsters, I think you, I, you've got to move away from it. I'm not a great fan. I've been watching the Test match all afternoon. And watching them play in white is, is still the great way I prefer the game to be played. I think we just got to move with it. We've got to move with it. I mean. My grandson now, he's quite happy playing in Colour Code, but he's been used to it up in Hampshire for a few years now. So, midweek games you get coloured, but Saturdays I think I'd prefer to see white, but I can live with it. Well, the club has been very lucky to have so many people who have been in a tremendous amount of time in the I haven't taken a penny for work with uh, and that is continuing. You've got a beautiful setting here, but it it's made even more beautiful by the hard work that's gone on with the ground. You can see that that looks immaculate. That must be something that makes you all quite proud. But I mean, this is Keith's one of the prime movers. And I would say another guy that helped this club over the years, without any doubt, is John Painter. With all the work he did, on he was basically the groundsman for years and years. Must have seen the club a fortune. Thousands. A fortune. And there's still some jobs that only John Painter can do. I, I was here earlier with Adrian, who showed me around the ground. And he was saying, if anybody asks him how old the tree is, you should ask John, because he was here when it was planted. <laughs> <laughs> I'd so. love to see the response to that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, another one was Cyril Rosser, wasn't it? He was here oh, for Cyril. There was another one who kept the machinery going. Yeah. Donkey juice. There's always been somebody who yeah. has done something for nothing. And he said, I know you. I said, but I can't recall your name. There was a guy called Lynn Hall from Blackwood, who I hadn't seen for 30 years. Uh, and he was umpire's assessor. Um, the following week, I came down here uh, to the uh, 20 over knockout against Radha. And there was a guy called Bob Spatz, who used to bowl for Evervale. 
and I've known Bob for donkey's years and we stayed as friends on Facebook. I haven't seen him for the same amount of time. So yeah, it, it is it is a community. Uh, the Radder boys were here. Two of those said, Colin, we haven't seen you for donkey's years. I'm thinking, I don't know who you recognise because I changed without any question. Um, yeah, so it's been, I mean, the last month, six weeks, I've seen people down here that I hadn't seen for 30 years and you could fall straight into a conversation and you just talk cricket and yeah, you'd reminisce about people that you all knew uh, when you were playing at a, a, a good level. Yeah, it's a tremendous game. Um, it's great for, I mean, I think it's great for kids. I love to see the kids out here playing. I think all sports great for kids, but I mean, I think cricket's probably up there as one of the best. I think it really is. As I said earlier, what you've got here now is something to be hoped. But the other big development is those cricket nets. The cricket nets. Yes. So there's four, is that right? Have I got that right? Four, yeah. And that has been used extensively, not only really by the club, but Grimorgan, come up to you, yeah? Senior team, two seconds. That was the initiative of people like um, Gabe Trahan, um, former chairman of this club. He was groundsman of the rest. He was just the most qualified groundsman in the country. Gwilym mentioned t- the tours to North Devon. Were you part of the... Do you have a, good, a, a tourist, yeah, yeah. Keith? Hmm? Chief Singer. Hasta la vera. Yes, went to all the tours. Brilliant. Six would leave on the... Sometimes you'd leave on a Saturday night after the game, yeah. Go down to Devon then, talk to you, books them. And they'll play six games in six days. Brixham, Sidmouth, Exmouth, what was the name? There was another one. Woodbury. Virtually play the same sides every year. But, I mean, again, we built up good relationships. I mean, we had, uh, I had friends down there um, for years. The Miskin Cricket Centre, you see the 2020, from April the 1st to August the 26th. That's the use it had, you know, for, with the mid glam being there, county side, cricket wheels use it as well. So. Have you compiled these keys? I did, yes. Okay. And what's your profession, if you don't mind me asking? I school teacher. Ah, right, okay. So this comes, kind of, tables and, and forms and recording stuff comes kind of naturally to you, or? Uh, not naturally. <laughs> Yeah, things like that. Yeah. But it's helpful to have a record of the of these things, isn't it? And it gives a sense of the the club and what it's doing. I, I suppose I want to ask you both: what has kept your contact with not the club, but with cricket as a game? What is it that kind of still kind of keeps you interested and wanting to see young people playing it and watching the game, whether it's a test match on the telly or a local game, village, a village cricket? What, what, Think what me, is it? For me, it's been the fact that uh, my sons play and now my grandsons play. So I think it's basically being family. But um, I mean, all, and with he, your father, that's four generations, that's four of, generations yeah. of the Ballinger yeah. family have been yeah, associated yeah. with the club that's right. and with cricket. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, and even, as I was saying, at, at the lower level, not just at the first team level, but with my other son and his son now playing as well, um, I was telling you about the two of them played for the first level, and the other two were playing for the fourth level on the same day. So that was, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. And the other thing about it was my, my wife, not interested in sport at all, but cricket, come down to do the teams and then uh, so she was involved as well so it became it was just a family thing uh, that went on all the time that I was playing up until I was 15. And, and Julian has played a couple of games this season for the the Welsh uh, uh, of Welsh the 50s, 50s yeah. yeah he got he got five wickets on Wednesday against Shropshire so, yeah five for 52 so uh, and they won, so he's he's really into that now. Uh, he's enjoying that. Um, so, uh, as I said, his, his problem at the moment is he, he's not 50 until July the 16th, so he can't play for the the first uh, the first side, yeah. which is a pity now because they're playing the West Indies this week. So he's he's absolutely gutted, to be honest. He's really gutted by it. But I mean, he's delighted to be back here now and playing. Um, first team cricket with his boy, as I was when I played with, with, with him. Skimana against Tom D, village in Africa. Captain Gwilym Ballinger. Good grief. Yeah, Where did that so. come from? <laughs> <laughs> We've got wow. the date. Let's have a look. What's the date 1980. 1980. 1980. Yeah, there we are. Wow. Did you win? I can't remember. We had some good runs in that. I think we probably. I think we might have done. Um, I think we got beaten by Ernest Aguero in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we I think we may have won that one, but I think Ernest Aguero came up here and gave us a hide in the following week. Well, no, actually they didn't because I can remember you and I had a stand and we were we they were beginning to panic and I think I got out, you made seventy odd, I made about fifty and we ran them really close. Um, but they, they'd smashed about 192 under, which was a lot in those days. Yeah. And Keith, is this you at number six, Keith Davis? Yeah, that yes. would have been Keith, yeah. 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 So you were middle order finisher? Is that oh. How old was I then? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was over in the back, you know, number three. And for you, Keith, what's held you? You know, all these years that's kind of made you... The love of playing well, the game and then after that getting involved with the uh, junior section and seeing the youngster develop. Uh, and uh, last season um, I came down to the first team match and everyone on the ground, everyone playing in the skin team had played, started playing when they were seven years of age. People move around, and I mean you're an example, um, Gwilym, because you, you, you moved away with your, with your yeah. work. But it's fantastic to hear a club retaining a lot of its youngsters yeah. who begin to play with it, very often lose them somewhere along the way. The, um, what's, the tr- what's the trick? Do you know, Keith? Mm-hmm. What's, what, what have you done that's helped keep well, some we, of the lads here playing? And uh, we've always looked after people, irrespective of their ability. Yeah. I know, you know, there's a game for you to play. That's how good you are. Keith, Keith won't tell you, but I will. Um, he started mini rugby in Pontyclean, and that just blossomed in exactly the same way as the cricket here. We, we had, I mean, I, I, 
for my sins was uh, a coach in inverted commas because I didn't know much about rugby. But we had sides running right through from under eight to um, under sixteen, um, and it was this village has been really lucky because of the development of uh, youngsters in sport at Ponaclean Rugby and at the Miskin Cricket, and most of it is down to this gentleman. And also Ponaclean football. And Ponic- now Ponaclean football is huge now. I mean, the clubs we've got around here at the moment are amazing. The area is fantastic. Perhaps there are other areas, but uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant in the water. Oh, opportunities for youngsters to play sport. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, the football club now is basically got to close its books, it can't take anymore. I think the mini rugby still blossoming, isn't it? I mean, and you've only got to look out, yeah. Kids are, kids are so lucky in this area now. And we've always had a close relationship with all the schools. They come and use the facility now. That's, that hasn't happened in the last couple of years, although it started up uh, last week and they couldn't look a kid down. I know as a teacher, you're concerned with one, the, 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 the child's ability to develop in their knowledge of the subject, but there's also something about seeing a child grow as a person. Is it the same thing with sports? Watching kind of youngsters yeah, grow into true. young people yeah. and then into adults yeah. and, and develop all the good skills that they need for living? Yeah. My name is Val Wightley, I'm the vice chair of the club. I've held the position now for five years, which has been a privilege because it's the first time that a woman has been involved uh, as one of the officers of the club. I was the first female club person of the year in 2007, which again was a great achievement because it was known as an all-male club. And it's been very hard in the process to introduce women into the club because the, uh-huh. but some of the older people were very mindset that cricket was an all-man's club. And an all-man's environment. Yes, yes. yes. And um, some of them found it quite hard to accept women coming into the club. But fortunately, it has worked tremendously well because now three of the officers out of the five are females. So we have myself as vice chair, we have Leanne Griffiths as treasurer, and we have Jemmy Hughes, who is. Um, our safeguarding officer and also in charge on the Friday evenings. We've also now got a, a ladies softball team, girls softball team. So women are very prominent within the club now. How did you get involved? Well, my son started playing under 11s 27 years ago. But I didn't come for a year because I wasn't going to come and watch cricket. I watched rugby and football. I thought cricket was boring. But then I had the pleasure of coming down and the scorer, Margaret Griffith, was talking to me. And it was a day like today, the sun was out. And I, since then, I've never missed a game unless I've been ill so, or on holiday. Would you say that you fell in love with the game on that day? I can't say I fell in love with the game on that day, but I understood the game better. And the more I got to understand the game, then yes, I love cricket. 
What would you say to the women who might like to get involved and are not sure? Or how, oh, how would you please sell? Please come down. Come on a Thursday night if they want to play or get involved. Just because some of the ladies are on a Thursday night want to play and are very competitive. Other ladies come down social evening, get together, and it's just nice. Yes. So yes, or on a Saturday, we've always got a game on a Saturday. Or if they've got young children, a Friday evening, we always have anything up to to enter children on a Friday evening. And if you met your younger self now, who thought that cricket was boring, what oh, would you say I to you? I would have been captain of the ladies' team a long time ago. <laughs> and what would you say to your younger self about the game? And, and oh, say, so it's just so exciting. Value. We talked a little bit about the club as it is now, but there are plans for the club. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Um, Starting October, we've managed to acquire the the second fields at the lower end there, and um, they're they're starting over in October. So that would be great because it would mean on a Saturday we'll have two league games going and playing at the same time which is fabulous, because we have four league, uh, four league teams that play on a Saturday. Well, the third and the fourth, they play in Tonnerreville as their home ground. So it will make a tremendous difference to the club to have two teams playing here financially, as well as, you know, we'll get more supporters here and It'd be great for the boys to be playing on a better quality ground. And then at the back of that, we plan to expand the clubhouse. Five years' time, this would be completely different. And Val, you sound incredibly positive and yeah. bright and excited about not just the game, but the club and its future. Do yeah. you, you yeah. feel that way? I think you have to be, yes. Things are very positive. Well, I want to thank all three of you for giving up a little bit of time for me today to chat to, to us about the club. Is it true that you have the most picturesque club in South Wales? Would you would you argue that yes, you've yes. yes? Well, it's been fantastic visiting today. So you, you're 140 yeah. this mm-hmm. year. I guess the big anniversary would be 150. Yeah, there was um, an anniversary dinner on the, the hundred, and 125 we had uh, big do in the Vale Hotel, and God willing, still here. 150 will be another big celebration. Great, fantastic. Well, thank you, Keith, for, for coming and for giving me your time and your thoughts. Willem, thank you. Thank you. Um, and Val, thank you ever so much. Can I wish you all the very best, not just for this season, but for the coming seasons uh, and for the future of the club? Thank you. Thank you ever so much to Willem, Keith and Val for introducing us to their club and a little bit of its history. Next week's episode will feature Sahail Rauf and Landaff Cricket Club. So it's heading back to Cardiff where we'll hear some more stories about the great game of cricket from the great country of Wales. Olvar, bye for now. Gyda chi stori yw'r hanni gyda ni. Mae croeswch ag ysyllti e-bosiwch mwcpod1921 at gmail.com.
Neid ewch i'n tudalen Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Neid i'n tudalen Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email mwcpod1921 at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.